will be. Yep, I'll look forward to it. I love that conference. It's a great conference. So if you need an excuse to go to Australia, SMBIT Pro Conference is your reason to go. Welcome to the SMB Community Podcast with your hosts, Amy Babinchek, James Kernan, Amy Luby, and Carl Palachuk. Produced by and for the Small Biz Thoughts Technology Community. We're dedicated to making every IT professional a successful IT professional. Welcome, everybody, to the SMB Community Podcast. I'm Carl, and I'm joined today, as always, by Amy Babinchek. You know, the other hosts come and go, but Amy is always here. And Carl is always here. <laughs> mostly, mostly. So the, I think the one of the goals of having multiple hosts is that I can take a day, day off. So... Be warned, it'll happen. Well, you probably deserve one. So, you know what April 1st is? It is also the day when I started my first company. Oh, really? Yeah. Way back in? <clears throat> uh, way back in 2000. So for the turn of the century on April Fool's Day, I started my MSP. <laughs> so, so I have to ask this. This is a great question. What was the feather that broke the camel's back what what made you decide i just have to go create my own company oh god it's kind of a long story but i will try to keep it short i was super duper burned out from my job and which had me traveling all over the country about 3 weeks out of every 4 uh, which isn't in my personality to do that for the long term you know but i was dropping in to fix broken projects by other engineers, um, which was turned out to be awesome experience for starting your own business because all the clients are unhappy when you get there. Right. So you have to meet with them and reassure them and make them happy and then fix the project. And then they're, and they're like super dedicated and happy with you when you leave. So it all has a happy ending. And then you go to the next one and do the same thing, fly to the next place, the next place, the next place. And, um, it was just very stressful for me. And meanwhile, I had sort of gathered a bunch of little clients on the side. And then one day I was like, I have enough clients. They're e now equal to my salary. And instead of, instead of saying, wow, look at how much money I have. I said, you know, I don't really need this job anymore. <laughs> so it was a pretty smooth transition you literally just freed up a bunch of time by not going to work and uh and now you have time to get more clients right yep tell us about what you are doing at channel partners in may may 3rd yeah channel partners has invited us via channel wise um to do some coaching on behalf of nsitsp so um, so three of us, me and Carl and Jeff Ponce are gonna be there and we're gonna be offering free business coaching during that conference on that day, May 3rd. So if you have not been to Channel Partners or MSP Expo, which is going on at the same time, um, come on over. It's the only time we're gonna be giving away free business coaching, so. <laughs> should be a should be a, a pretty cool event and we're not the only people it's going to be a whole room of people giving away business coaching all day long so so you could sign up and and get some real value for your business 
So sponsored by uh, Channel Wise and NSITSP in Lost Wages, I mean, Las Vegas, May 3rd. Um, so everybody should go. We'll have a link down in the show notes. And so that will be a very cool thing. Uh, and I'm I'm honored that, that first of all, thanks. Shout out to Catherine Rose for putting this together. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful that NSITSP is able to begin doing stuff like this. We really need to... Uh, you know, give a thumbs up to people who are trying to improve our industry. So April 19th, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, but uh, mspwebinar.com is the site. Uh, Sigra, we're going to talk about don't be the latest MSP victim and learn how new ransomware threats put your business at risk. And I know it sounds like another ransomware thing, except this is about how to use your backup to uh, filter ransomware out of your backup as it goes to backup as as it comes back from backup. So uh, that'll be kind of fun. And then Amy's doing uh, one for NSITSP on insurance. Yeah, and um, this is April 26th. Um, and, you know, kind of like you said, right, like not not another ransomware webinar. This is like not, not another insurance webinar. Um, here, we're actually going to talk about um, terms that you need to know. And um, I don't want to give away the whole webinar, but stuff that you don't really hear talked about, right? How, how, how we as MSPs need to act professionally around insurance and with our clients and have an understanding of it. Um, and so it's not... It's not, nobody's going to try to sell you cyber insurance, but we're going to really be talking about how we have to integrate this new thing into our processes with MS, as an MSP as we interact with our clients and making a decision of where your MSP is going to land on the scale of professionalism when you're talking about insurance with your clients. All right. And I'm grateful that NSITSP is now starting to do webinars and, uh, you know, it's been a few years and we've been working our tails off. So now, now we get to see the fruits of some of that labor. Uh, final note, and then we got to go. Amy and I are in the discussion mode, but we're pretty sure uh, we're going to wind up uh, finishing the year in Australia in October. So that'll be fun. And now the IT question of the week. Are you keeping an eye out for vendor errors? And if so, what process are you using? In particular, you buy all these widgets. You have per device, uh, antivirus, spam filtering, uh, remote monitoring, all kinds of stuff. How are you tracking that? A uh, spreadsheet and an awesome business manager <laughs> accounting person. You know, this totally came up in my peer group, and when I when it, it came up, you know, as an aside, and then it was just, you know, my experience and one one person out of six in the peer group who's tracking it. Nobody else was tracking it, and so I asked I asked the one who was. I said, "How often do you are you catching vendor errors?" And he said, "Every month." And I said, "You know, in my MSP, same thing." So we make money every month by looking at what the vendors said they were going to charge us first, what they charge us first, how many licenses they charged us for, 
all that good stuff because it never matches. There's always an error and it's always in their favor. And so we're always having to correct it and get money back from them or not pay what they're charging. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because a lot of people sell the fact that, oh, you know, uh, we have this connection, right? That this plugs right into your PSA. So, right. But the problem is it, it never unconnects. <laughs> well, there's too much reliance on automation. You know, it's really great to automate something, but if you don't go in and check to see what the automation did, then I can tell you with certainty you're losing money. Right. Well, we've talked before that the worst thing you can do with backup is set it and forget it. That's also true with anything that takes money out of your wallet in an automated fashion. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, we've all said, you know, in the pandemic, oh, I subscribe to all these services. And now I'm like, uh, I don't need this. I don't need this. I don't need that. <laughs> so you have to audit it because, uh, you know, not everybody goes through their bank statement every month uh, or their, uh, you know, their credit cards. I do, because when stuff shows up, they're like, oh, I forgot to cancel that. Or wait a minute, we only bought one of those, not 12 of those, <laughs> right? It makes a difference. Yeah, everything on the credit card statement should have a client's name next to it. And if it doesn't, it has to have a reason why we bought that thing. Right? Well, the other thing is, uh, I've had people tell me that I'm <clears throat> super old school because I use an Excel spreadsheet to keep track of this very thing. I have, you know, one of the things, one of the handouts in my my book is what I call the managed service matrix, which is basically clients down the side and then tools across the top. And it's like, okay, this client has five of those, eight of those, 27 of those, right? And then there's a total. And that total should be what I am paying that vendor. And we actually allow, in our case, we allow technicians to go in and update that. So what they would do is it's, it's on a shared drive, right? So they're at a client, if they install a desktop or a laptop or whatever, they increment up for the antivirus and spam filter and so forth for a new install. And then it's up to the front office to then acknowledge that, change it and make sure that we have the, the billing correct. So it's a great tool for asynchronous communication. Yeah, we actually don't have that spreadsheet, but we have a procedure where when a license is added or removed or whatever, um, it's a copy of that information gets sent to bookkeeping. And then she actually tracks that inside of QuickBooks. So she's got a little thing on their account information for the client that sh shows exactly how many licenses of this, that, and the other thing that they should be being billed for. Right. But the bottom line is you have to have a process and the, the automated process is not good enough. It's not good enough. It'll cost you money if you don't check it. I'm all for automation. You just have to make sure now now your job is not to do the thing. Now your job is to, you know, verify that the automation is correct. Right, exactly. <clears throat> so speaking of robots. Speaking of which. Yeah. Uh, there's more more clickbait about Elon Musk because you can't have a headline these days without mentioning his name. But um uh he and 1,100 other people want to put a pause on AI development for the next six months in order to give time for 
ethics and stuff to be built around the the process and to for them to perfect some of the things that have already been developed. But I don't think it's going to work. Well, I don't think stopping, you know, put, put, putting your finger back in the in the the dam is going to work. <laughs> like no, it's a it's a gold rush, right? Yeah. This is the next big thing. So you're going to put a a pause on this for six months. Meanwhile, all those people who are like, oh, I, I have some idea and I want to get into this, this AI industry, you know, and I want to build an app to do whatever is going to be like, oh, and now I can't for the next six months because 1100 people signed this letter. Well, that's it, not going to happen. <laughs> plus, you know, nothing, nothing personal against Elon, but he doesn't listen apparently to the business of tech, the Killing It podcast, or uh, follow the basic news in Wired Magazine. Microsoft has an entire division dedicated to the ethical use of AI. Like they, when they put out their stuff, they didn't just like throw it out there and say, okay, make yourself at home. They said, look, we're going to monitor this. We're going to put some reins on it. We're going to put some, some, uh, you know, side rails, some safety guards. And, um, and they're not the only one we have the uh, the contract for the web with uh, Berners-Lee. And there's a lot of activity around AI because almost every headline on AI for the last three years has involved some kind of ethical discussion. And so I think it's the first time that we've been at this point in the evolution of the hype cycle <laughs> where ethics has been part of the discussion almost from the beginning. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by that one too, but you know, he's also very good clickbait for headlines. So, and we will put those both those names in the title of this podcast. Yeah, so we put a couple of um, articles in the uh, in the show notes here, so that you can check them out if you didn't hear about the about the letter asking for a pause. They want government to take action too, but you know they're only giving them six months. Government doesn't do anything in six months, <laughs> and judging by the questions that they asked the you know the leader of TikTok last week, it's going to take them a, a while to grasp the concept of AI. They can't quite grasp the concept of TikTok. Right. What's interesting is that the AI is one of these few technologies where people have been talking about it in in some form literally for a hundred years, right? Since technology was, you know, beginning to become electronic, we've been talking about computers taking over the world. And, you know, there are, there are really, really old movies telling you that this is, this can only be horrible. Um, and, and yet at the same time, people can put their hands on chat GPT or the new Bing and they can say, oh, that's what they're talking about. Oh, and if you go to YouTube and say how to make money with AI, there's literally thousands of videos already, maybe millions, but I'm sure there are at least it, tens of thousands. It's it's pretty. That's how, that, that's how you know it's a gold rush, right? I mean, Chat GPT is you know that's owned by a nonprofit, and they just put out their their thing, and they had an amazing response. So the world is ready for AI. There will be mistakes. There'll be stuff, but I, I don't. I don't ever see it being a doomsday thing. And to your point about being talked about for so long, I mean the Turing test, right? Right. I mean Alan Turing. That's about as pretty close to as far back as as we go. 
And, you know, he had the Turing test is still in use. It may still be in use today for all I know. I think it at least has been until very, very recently. The Turing test is about deciding how good a computer is if a person can tell the difference between talking to a human or talking to a computer. Right. And actually, I just recently heard, you know, of course, we we have to dump on everything that's old, right? So so I just recently heard uh, the first time I've ever heard anybody complain about the Turing test, which is it's based on fooling people, right? That basically behind the curtain, mm -hmm. that you don't know whether the answer is this the human or is this the computer. And if you can consistently get people to think the computer is the human, you have fooled them. And and so the entire test is is the premise is that you can fool people. And I'm like, oh. God, go do something else, you know, go spend time being productive in the universe for a minute. <laughs> well, there's all kinds of weird concepts that we understand that get used to describe AI, right? One of the things I've been reading about is hallucinations, right? So when the, when the AI mistakenly associates something with another thing that should, they shouldn't be associated together, they call that a hallucination. <laughs> and the first the first version release of chat gpt hallucinated a lot and the current iteration 4.0 or whatever we're on hallucinates you know 90% less and i'm like oh so we you know we use these human concepts to describe things that aren't right. that aren't human but Mark your calendars and plan to be with us May 17th and 18th as we bring you the 2023 SMB Online Conference. Check us out at smbonlineconference.com. You'll find we have more than a dozen speakers and two days filled with presentations, plus a format that really works for online conferences. Save $100 by registering today at smbonlineconference.com. This is Carl, and I am joined now with five minutes with two smart guys. So each of them is uh, two and a half minutes smart. So <laughs> one is Mr. Rich Freeman, formerly the executive editor at Channel Pro Network. And the other is Manuel Palachuk, formerly president of my MSP, but that was like 10 years ago. So welcome. Well, hey, thank you. <laughs> so uh, let's start with you, Rich. Uh, what are you doing these days? Are you traveling the world? Are you uh, relaxing on the, the beach? Have you retired? What, what are you up to? So uh, none of the above. So I, I left Channel Pro, um, at, you know, as executive editor um, yeah, at the beginning of March. So really just a few weeks ago at this point, I'm still uh, a contributor there. I'm still sort of an extended part of the family, but um, getting some new uh, business ventures up off the ground. I just recently launched a, uh, a blog of, of my very own um, in which I am offering uh, uh, news and commentary on, on stories in the SMB channel that I sort of feel are underreported, underappreciated. I'm bringing some extra insight um, uh, to them. And uh, the name of that blog is Channelholic, all one word. And you can find it at channelholic.news. 
It's uh, a weekly newsletter goes out on Fridays and anyone uh, can subscribe for free. And then I'm uh, working on another sort of um, uh, consultancy business for um, vendors who uh, have or wish to have uh, partner programs. Manuel, what are you up to these days? Well, I'm actually making a big shift in uh, my career towards uh, keynote speaking. And so although I, I'm still doing coaching and I, I still have a very nice group of clients and I'm, I'm willing to take on a select view that that number is getting smaller, basically. I'm going to keep it to a very small uh, uh, set and I'll be doing training. Uh, with those clients, and I'll be putting out some new training programs in the in the years to in the next couple of years to come. But right now, mostly just trying to get all of the assets ready for me as a keynote speaker, a, a show reel for the keynote, and you know, um, basically redoing the website, things like that. So in the next few months, basically get a big big facelift on manualpalachuk.com. You're also teaching a class over at IT Service Provider University. So we have a business strategy made easy. Is that really possible? Uh, well, it is if you follow uh, the prescribed methodology laid out. <laughs> uh, Rich, I know that you're in Seattle, um, but I know that you've also been doing some traveling and you're still doing some work with uh, Channel Pro. Um, how do you think the summer is going to look for the IT industry with all of the stuff in the news and the challenges we have? Are, are we heading in the right direction or the wrong direction? Um, it, I guess it depends on where you play um, within the IT industry. Um, I, I've just been looking at statistics today um, about how uh, unbelievably terrible the PC market is, um, for example. So if you're, you know, if hardware is a big part of your business, desktop hardware, summer is not going to be uh, um, very pretty for you. Um, you know, obviously there is um, less money with interest rates up. There's less money flowing into venture capital funds and private equity funds, which means less money flowing through those entities into uh, vendors and so on. And so, you know, we'll, we'll see um, what that means in terms of, um, uh, you know, uh, product roadmaps, vendor innovation, um, their ability to uh, to spend the way they have before. I, I continue to believe if you are in managed services, though, um, this is going to be a good a good year. Uh, I, I have seen nothing to indicate um, that, uh, you know, despite all of the headwinds, the issues that we're familiar with in terms of inflation and interest rates and 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 now like a banking scare and, and everything else, I've seen nothing that tells me that small and mid-sized businesses are looking to cut back their spending on outsourced IT services. I, I think services in general will outpace IT spending as a whole. Um, uh, particularly in, in um, security and, and cloud. And uh, I, I think, you know, a down economy is a time when, when businesses lean on their technology partners more and get efficient and, and automate and so on. So I think if, if you're an MSP and you're doing it right, you know, you're running the business well, I, I think it'll be a good summer. Very good. Manuel, what do you think? Um, I know you're going to be on a boat, so you don't really care. But yeah, well, that's summer or winter, as far as I'm concerned, I'll be on my on my boat. Um, so I think that the, people don't realize where we're really at in this whole cycle, and um, the I you know the scare about a recession and and the um, and interest rates and all of that stuff. I think that you know, well, like my clients, I tell them always be ready for the next economic downturn. But that doesn't mean that you start, you know, walking at a very slow pace and dragging, you know, things behind you. 
you need to have everything ready to get up and run. Because when things start to turn around, for you to start to ramp up and get back into marketing and all these other things is going to be a lot harder, harder thing to get turned up or, you know, to get up to a jog. And so part of being agile is not letting all these things spin down and then hiding in a closet. So if, you know, because I agree with Rich that this summer is going to be big. And I think it's going to be a lot bigger than a lot of people realize. I suspect that by September and October, that venture capital money, it's, you know, the liquidity is going to move back into the market. And they're going to be looking, they're, everybody's going to be on the hunt again to go buy another MSP or another, you know, big company is going to buy another medium-sized company. And all of that's starting now. Those people are having those conversations and making that strategy today. And for the small business, I think you got to be ready. I think you got to be, you know, you know, as I always say, you got to know the next five people you're going to hire or steal. Because really what's going to happen is before you know it, June, July, you're going to look around and everybody's going back to doing what they were doing a year and two years ago, you know, just before the pandemic, they're ready to run. You know, they want to do it. The money's going to start to shake loose. Uh, the timing is right. And like, again, backing up what Rich says, the need and the and for companies needing the technology, needing to advance, they're all chomping at the bit. And it's, I mean, it's right here. It's right here in front of you. Very good. Well, just for the record, I agree with both of you. Well, so there you go. There you go. It, it can't not happen at this point. Very good. Well, thank you, gentlemen, for spending five minutes on the SMB Community Podcast. We'll put your links in the show notes. And with luck, we will see you again soon. Thank you for tuning in to the SMB Community Podcast. If you found this useful, interesting, or fun, please subscribe, share with your friends, and give us a thumbs up on your favorite social media. Please check out the show notes at smbcommunitypodcast.com and give us your feedback.